All right, ladies, get ready for the word. We are excited and very honored um, to have Pastor Ryan Peters with us this morning. If you've not met him, this is a great opportunity to find out that he is very much involved in what's called the Next Step Ministries, um, which involves small groups, um, starting line, growth track, Leaders for Christ. Am I naming these correctly? <laughs> okay. We, um, and I didn't mention this, but um, two weeks ago, um, Pastor Deb, I'm sorry, last week, Pastor Deb um, was speaking, and um, she is my oversee. Um, I go to her, and uh, she speaks into my life, basically my supervisor, and Ryan as well. And um, and so this is a, this is a, cool thing happening here with Pastor Ryan being um, part of this Freedom Series as well. And um, it's an honor to work with these people. They're amazing. And I know that um, Ryan has a specific word for us this morning. And so would you please welcome Ryan Peters this morning. We're so glad you're here. All right. Good morning, everybody. Move this out of the way. Well, thanks for having me. Um, this is fun because usually when I get asked to speak, it's like, hold on because God's going to do something. Because <laughs> like, literally, um, I was just talking, everyone knows John Riley pretty much. If he's, he's one of the um, security guys here and he, and he goes here. I was just talking to him yesterday. He caught me in the hall. And I said, I said whenever somebody asks me to speak, it's like, all right, God, what, what do you want to say? Because I literally do not know what to say. So it's, it's fun for me because who knows where he's going to go with some of this stuff. But specifically, um, I shared some of this at a Kairos. And afterwards, uh, a few weeks or however long it was, uh, Pastor Karen had asked if I would be willing to share this at Impact. And when she asked me, she said, um, because I believe there's more, because I believe you have more to share. And when she said that, I, I didn't. <laughs> I really didn't. I mean, I, what was said at Kairos was it. I said it, it was done, it was out, and that's all I had. And um, little did she know that she was actually speaking something forth, and uh, something significant happened in my life that I'll, I'll share with you later. Um, and that's the more. So I'm excited. Uh, I haven't really talked about this yet to anybody. So um, you, get to, you get to hear it firsthand. Um, a couple things before we get going. Do you, who was here last week? Sweet. So you remember the table discussion last week? And one of the questions was, are you a morning person or a night person? And uh, I think two of us at our table were like, we're neither. <laughs> so my peak time is 11 to 2 so right now I'm really relying on God because words typically don't come out naturally um, this early for me so this, <laughs> this will be fun and uh, we'll just see how that works okay one more thing before we get going I have to let these two things fly and see where they land um, last week when I was here, I was getting this picture, and it hasn't left me, so um, we'll see what happens. Um, so last week, I, I got this picture, this image of 
uh, somebody falling, like falling backwards off of a cliff. And I believe it's someone here. Um, two things. I, I, I either believe that somebody here is um, really struggling with bad dreams or being tormented in their bad dreams and they can't get away from it and maybe even having the dream of falling. And it's, it's literally like haunting you and you can't get away from it. And even when Pastor Karen this morning had said something about the dream that she had, you're, you're thinking to yourself, wow, that's great if I could only get rid of this, this thing that I'm stuck in. Um, either that or um, a situation that affected your life um, traumatically based upon somebody falling. So who is that? Somebody here? Anybody? Okay, would you please stand up? Was it, was it the first one or the second one? The dreams? She fell. Oh, you fell. Are you? Oh, you're, all right. I'm here. <laughs> all right, how did you fall? Uh, just black ice. Black ice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, after you fell, did you sense uh, increased anxiety in your life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm, is Dory here today? Mm. No. Hang on a minute. Mm. I'm looking. Mm-hmm. Will you please um, go back there and lay hands on her? We're just going to pray for you. So, Father, we thank you that um, in this moment you're really wanting to do something for your daughter. We know that anxiety comes from the enemy, and sometimes in traumatic events it's just an open door. It's nothing that we do. So we just come against anxiety we tell it to flee. We speak peace to flow like a river. We just come against trauma. Anywhere in the body where it's remembering this incident and it's, it's affecting her negatively, we just say it's done. We also speak healing to the body, healing to the leg, healing to the knee complete healing and restoration. Amen. One more. This one should be happier. <laughs> um, okay. Who in here is the bird, likes birds? Birds, like you find joy in birds. Oh my goodness, stand up. Wow. Okay. Awesome. And this, this makes sense now. So what I saw was, um, I just saw a whole bunch of birds flying. And um, God had shared with me that um, I didn't know there would be this many of you, <laughs> but um, that, that there's somebody here that finds joy in birds. 
And what he's wanting all of you to know is the same way that you find joy in the birds, he finds joy in you. And as you watch those birds and some of the things that stir up inside of you, it's even more with the Father. And I also feel like there's a couple of you, um, there's a couple of you that are, are trying to figure out timing in something. And I feel like right now he's saying that he's releasing you to do what you're, what you're kind of waiting to do. Um, and I just kind of see this, these, these two hands going like this, like releasing, releasing the birds or releasing the dove. And so if that's you, um, he's saying that you're fully released to do what it is. And uh, he's actually the one that's sending you forth. So awesome. Thank you. All right, so we'll get to the, get to the main message here. Um, so the, the title of the message is Broken by Love, um, and it, it really isn't, um, probably really isn't what you, what you think it is. Um, I'm just going to read this description, and we'll kind of go from there. And um, It says, The majority of decisions that we make in life are based upon pain or pleasure. This way of decision-making is largely due to having an orphan heart. God desires us to make our decisions from a place of promise. We will be looking at how love is the only way to make this correction. So it's, it's really interesting, this whole pain and pleasure concept. And it's used in like motivational speaking. It's, it's an actual model. It's, it's, it's probably accurately true based upon our makeup and and who we are as people, but it says that, that on, on one side is, is um, pain, and on the other side is pleasure, and it's a principle, and it says that we want to avoid pain, or we want to gain pleasure, and the majority of our decisions are based upon one of the two, and if you think about it, it's probably pretty close. Um, if you look at the decisions that we make in life, if we don't truly know who we are, I could see that being true. However, the one thing that they left out was God's model. God has a completely different model. So on one side, they have pain, and on the other side, of pleasure, but God's model is purpose. He wants us to make decisions based upon purpose, but even more so, promise. He wants us to make decisions based upon a place of promise, not pain or pleasure. I love this quote, and it's, it's a slide, I put it on a slide for you. Um, I kind of altered it a little bit. Um, this, this is from one of Graham Cook's writings. Um, it says, God relates to you through his son. You relate to God from your position in Christ. You bypass the world and go straight to heaven for love. I love that. You bypass the world and go straight to, the hev to heaven for love. So in this case of the pain and pleasure model, we bypass that model. We go straight to heaven and we operate from our position of promise. That, that's, that's what we have through Christ Jesus. But there's an interesting thing that happens because ever since the garden, ever since 
Adam and Eve, ever since what happened there, there's something that was introduced into this world that has us still stuck in this pain and pleasure model. See, God originally intended things to be heaven on earth. That's why, that's why Jesus said, when you pray, say this, as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, how is it in heaven? Originally in heaven, there was this intimacy. There was this Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There was this, this intimacy, this relationship that was in heaven, and out of God's goodness and out of his love, he said, I am going to birth this into the earth so that it can reproduce. And so he brought Adam, he brought Eve into this place, and he wanted the same thing that, that was in heaven to be on earth here. So that same relationship of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he wanted it to be the same with his children, with his creation. He wanted it to be Father, Adam, Holy Spirit. He wanted it to be Father, Eve, Holy Spirit. As it is in heaven here on earth. But because of what happened in the garden, that was severed. That position of, of sonship, and I'm going to use that word a few times, sonship, and just know that it's not, it's not targeted toward um, a specific gender. It's a position, a position of sonship. So if you need to put a different word in there so that it, it resonates differently with you, that's fine. It's just the position of sonship, of, of where we are according to God, where Jesus is according to God. But once that was severed, that position of sonship left this world. It left this earth. And something happened in that moment. There was a spirit, an orphan spirit, that came into this world. Now, when, when I'm, I'm using the word orphan spirit, it's, it, it's like the, the main drive, the main heart, the, the thing that's deep within somebody that causes them to do what they do. It's a, it's a mindset. It's, 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 a, it's the, the powering force within somebody that's driving them. That came into this world. That's what we were born into. We were born into a world based upon an orphan spirit. But that's exactly why God sent his son here to the earth. Jesus said that he came to bring back that which was lost. That, that, that which was lost. That, not who, that. That which was lost. That relationship with the father that was lost. This is, I'm convinced, the biggest, most important thing, lens change, mindset shift, the biggest and most influential lens change for any Christian, and it's this, understanding God as a father. Without that, we see things wrong. We read scripture wrong. Without that understanding, we go through life without a home. 
without that understanding, we go through life with that orphan spirit, that mindset. And that's not the fullness that he created us for. Jesus came to reveal the Father. Yeah, he, he came to die for our sins. He came to set the captives free. He came to, the list is just, you know, all the way. You could roll a scroll out for everything that he did. And those are all underneath. He came to reveal the Father. Because it's out of the Father's love. It's out of the Father's heart. It's out of the Father's desire that all of those things underneath it happen. So when we pursue God, when we read scripture, when we go throughout our day, when, when we pursue this thing that we call Christianity, this walk, this way of following Jesus, if that understanding of the Father isn't here, all of those things underneath it are skewed. And it's, it's nothing that we do intentionally It's something that we were born into. And until we give our lives to Christ, we really don't have the, the true sense, the true opportunity to get back to that place that we need to be. And even after we do give our lives to Christ and we say, okay, I'm making this decision to follow you, Jesus, even then, even then, we still need a lot of help understanding this. It's interesting, as I was just writing stuff down of, you know, what to share, I, I came across John 14, 6, and I think I put that one on, a, on the slide. I hope I did. We have that one. There we go. And I've heard this so many times. We've all heard this before. It says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, but the majority of time that I've ever heard it is in the context of salvation. How many of you, how many of you have ever heard, um, the only way to heaven is through Jesus, right? Um, the only way back to, back to God is through Jesus. The only way to be right with God, I'm using God intentionally, the only way to be right with God is through Jesus, it's true. But look it. It doesn't say God. It says Father. It says no one comes to the Father except through me. And that's Jesus speaking. He he's saying he's saying no one can be fully restored back to this this father son holy spirit back to this father man father woman holy spirit except through me. No one's going to see God the father the way that you're supposed to see the father and have a relationship with him except through me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I'm here to reveal his nature. I'm here to make things right. I'm here to restore this relationship. It's, it's more about the Father. It's more about the Father than, than, than 
salvation. Salvation is so important. Don't get me wrong. But it's more about the Father. The Father's desire. In John, I I looked it up. In John, the word Father is in there 103 times in the Gospel of John. And the majority of them are capital F Father, like, like capital G God. The majority. Jesus came to earth. Up until that point, God was God. Jesus stepped foot on this earth. And once he started opening his mouth, something happened. God shifted to Father. So I think there might be a little bit of a significance to that. 103 times. It's crazy. I want to just share with you a little bit more about this concept of an orphan spirit and an orphan heart and position of sonship so that I can kind of paint a little bit more of a picture of how crazy this is. And it's very, very sneaky. Very sneaky. So I'm just going to share with you a little bit about the difference between the two. So an orphan spirit or an orphan heart has insecurity and jealousy, whereas sonship is love and acceptance. An orphan spirit or an orphan heart is jealous of others' success, but sonship celebrates others, and not only celebrates others, but it's committed to the success of other people because you believe in them. An orphan heart or an orphan spirit serves God to earn love, but sonship serves from love. That's a big one. Serves God to earn love or serves from love. And I think Deb said this last week. There is a huge difference between doing something for God and doing something from God. Going back to the garden, that was God's original intention. He wanted us to receive, contain, and broadcast his love, his nature, his, his everything that he is. He wanted us to receive, contain, and broadcast that. And from that place, live our lives. So doing something from God. Position of sonship. An orphan spirit or an orphan heart medicates loneliness. I've been there. Man, I've been there. But sonship basks in his presence. I've been there too. So much better. And and to be honest with you, um, probably my most impactful times with God have been right here. That, That basking in the presence. And if you're listening on podcast, I'm on my knees right now. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say that. But, but it's true. And the only way that you would even think that you're worthy enough or you could do something like that is from a full understanding that he's your father. And he wants that. 
An orphan spirit or an orphan heart is always in competition where sonship is always blessing others. An orphan spirit or an orphan heart gets its identity from material, appearance, or activities. And I'm going to add this one in there, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But an orphan spirit or an orphan heart also gets identity from other people's emotions. We're going there at my expense. Where sonship, (laughs) affirmation comes from the father. You don't need any of that other stuff. So on that note of identity from other people's emotions, um, I'm so thankful that I can go to God and, and know that he has my best interest from that position of sonship that he's my father. I was listening to a message and... The message was about um, just how to have a healthy soul. And in, in the message, this person is talking about how we all go through this process. Every single person goes through this process in life, and it's completely healthy. It's something that has to happen for us to be completely healthy. And everyone goes through it. It's called individuation. When we're born and we're, we're raised in our, our, our family and our, our home we have a dependency on our, on our parents. And as we get older and we leave the home, that dependency is no longer supposed to be there and we become independent. And if we do it in a healthy way, we understand that we're an independent person. I'm not factoring God into any of this yet. We understand that we're an independent person and we're in a healthy place to understand that whatever relationship we're in at that point, I'm an individual, this other person is an individual, and there is this um, interdependency that you enter the relationship into where you can, you can respect the other person as a person, you can respect the fact that you're a person, but together you work on things together. With that, with that mutual understanding of that you're also an individual. That's something that we're all supposed to go through. It, it, it's healthy. When I, when I heard that, it was like the, the, the room was completely dark and all of a sudden God flipped the light on. And he, it was like a flashback of my entire life. And he showed me I never went through that process. This was three weeks ago. <laughs> Usually after he shows you something, it's kind of like a, <laughs> like a chain reaction. And it's like, hey, look at this. And it's like, oh my goodness. So that means this, that means this, that means this, and then that means this. So this connects to this, and this connects to this. And it's just, oh my goodness. What he showed me was, because I didn't go through that process, every relationship after I left my home, I took that dependency that I had on my parents and I placed it on whoever I was in a relationship with. 
And because I was dependent on them, I was handing over control to them of my life, and their emotions were controlling me. They didn't know it. I didn't know it. I had no idea at the time. That puts you in a very, very volatile place. Now, since I've given my life to Christ and I've understood identity and all of that stuff, a lot of that stuff has faded away, but there definitely, there were some areas in my life where other people's emotions were controlling me. And the, the way that it would show up sometimes is, um, you know, if, if somebody was upset, it would make me upset and I would completely disengage. Now, here's, here's the slippery slope in, in a situation like this. So you sprinkle a little um, anxiety and depression into that. You sprinkle a little alcohol abuse into that. You sprinkle a little uh, uh, lack of identity. You sprinkle a little of not being saved into that. Here's what it looks like, and here's the lie. If somebody's upset with you and you find your value, your identity in them, and they don't want anything to do with you, it's almost like you no longer exist. And here's the lie. Well, if I don't have any value, why live? Somebody needs to hear that this morning. In those situations, the enemy can just slip in and get you believing that because I no longer have life or life as I, as I knew it, I no longer want to live. If we have an understanding of the Father in our position of sonship, all of that fades away. After God showed that to me, I, I was blown away by it, and I, I, I shared it with somebody else, and I needed to process it, and, and uh, literally like minutes after I realized this I shared it with this person and I and he's just sitting there going like uh-huh 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 and he's like whoa he's like he's like like literally like this means this 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 and he's just like you just discovered all that I'm like yeah and I'm like I don't I don't really know what to do with it right now and he's like you got to cut the cord you just got to cut the cord. Cut the cord. Become that individual that God's called you to be. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So I cut the cord. It's probably the biggest area of freedom in my life that I've ever experienced up until this day. Now, God gives us a re revelation, and based upon that revelation, he's wanting to draw us into an encounter with him. He doesn't want to give it to us just for information. He wants us to come into an encounter with him so that it can become a reality in us. Now, I still have to walk it out. 
And I'm sure there's going to be certain areas in my life where it's going to be, hello, red flag, remember this? You cut the cord. Walk it out. But I have that revelation. And I would have never had that revelation if I wouldn't have known God as my father. I wouldn't have. I was blind to it. I want to ask you something. Those situations come out of a place of understanding of who we are. I want to ask you, do you know who you are? Like, really? Do you know who you are? i ask you another question. Is, this is not a trick question, so you can answer it. And chances are you're going to be 100% correct, okay? It's an easy one. Is how God sees the world the correct worldview? Yes? Is everyone pretty much in agreement on that one? So if that's true, then the way he sees us has to be correct. It has to be. I want you to close your eyes a minute. I want you to take a problem that's in your life Pick a good one, a good meaty one, a good nice size, huge problem. A good one. I'm not talking about like a hangnail. <laughs> I'm talking like a good one. Take that problem and put it in front of Jesus like you're presenting it to him. I want you to take that same problem and put it in front of yourself. You can open your eyes. Is there a difference? Yeah. God doesn't want there to be a difference. He wants us to understand who we are. That Father, Son, Holy Spirit dynamic that I was talking about earlier, he wants us to see it as, let's see, um, who can I pick on? Is Nikki here? She let, okay, good. I can pick on Nikki. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he wants Nikki to see it as Father, Nikki, Holy Spirit. Now, right away, people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying I'm Jesus? No. But the word says that we're hidden in Christ. So if we're hidden in Christ, we're hidden in that intimacy, that relationship of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Shelley, Holy Spirit. Shelley in Christ, Holy Spirit. Father, Danielle, Holy Spirit. Danielle in Christ. Holy Spirit. From that understanding and that viewpoint, you put a problem in front of you, game over. A little bit different understanding, but it's only from the understanding of God the Father. Everything is filtered through that understanding of God the Father.
I'm going to read a couple scripture for those of you who want to hear some scripture. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is, in, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Colossians 3, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died. Your life is hidden with Christ. We just talked about that. See, I wasn't lying. It's in the Bible. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. For Christ who is in your life appears. Then you also will appear with him in glory. And this is the one that a lot of us hear when we talk about this. It's Romans 8, 14. It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons or daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I want to read that to you in a different translation here. It says, slavery is such a poor substitute for sonship. They are opposites. The one leads forcefully through fear while sonship responds fondly to Abba Father. His spirit resonates within our spirit to confirm the fact that we originated in God. Because we are his offspring, we qualify to be his heirs. God himself is our portion. We co-inherit with Christ. Since we were represented and included in his suffering, we equally participate in the glory of his resurrection. He has taken the sting out of suffering. What seemed burdensome in this life becomes insignificant in comparison to the glory he reveals in us. That's powerful. I could keep going, but I'm not going to. That's, that's good stuff. My biggest desire this morning, I'm going to wrap things up and let, let God do some stuff. There's so much more we could talk about on this subject. My biggest desire is to just be open up to that lens change in your life. And if you already understand this concept, there's always more, like Pastor Karen was talking about. There's always more. There's always more with him. There's always more. If there's an area in our life that, that, that when, we, when we hold it next to Jesus, it's like, ooh, that, that does not represent Jesus well. It's just an opportunity for him to work in your life. That's all it is. And if any of you, as I was going through this list or anything that I said this morning, if any of you are hearing any type of condemnation, it's not. It really is not. In a, in a situation like this, if God is revealing something to you, it's because he's wanting you to see it in a different way. Jesus was the master of it. He, he said, you've heard it said this way, but I say this. God does the same thing with us. He's like, he's like, you see your life this way or you have this issue, but I say here's another way. Let me grab your hand. We're going to walk through this together so that this is no longer in existence. One more question for you. Do you have a home? Do you have a home? John 1, 4, 15.
For anyone to see and to say that Jesus is the Son of God is to awaken to the awareness that we are continuously, seamlessly joined in oneness. And thus we have come to know and believe that the love that God has unveiled within us. God is love. Love is who God is. To live in this place of conscious, constant love is to live immersed in God and to feel perfectly at home in his indwelling. Do you have a home? I'm not talking about a house, I'm talking about a home. He's calling you home to a place of indwelling with him. A home is a place of love, security, value, purpose, habitation, and affirmation. A home is a place where you're not a problem and you're a promise. The orphan spirit or orphan mindset cannot be cast out. It can't. It has to be broken by love. Only God can heal that. So we're just going to take a moment. Um, Daniel, you can go ahead and start the music. Just going to take a moment and just let God speak into whatever's going on within every single person in here. <laughs> I'm going to pray and just give it a couple minutes. If there's someone in here that there's something going inside of you, something's going on where it's just like, I, I don't want to, I, I don't like this, I don't want to deal with this alone, we'll have prayer partners up here. If you just need a hug, we'll have prayer partners up here. But if you want somebody to believe with you or, or help you or just pray with you or just be there for you as you're processing this, come forward. But the rest of you, I just want you to just open yourself up to what God's wanting to say to you right now in this moment. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that we can come to you and call you Father. And if there's any hindrance in any one of us here based upon an earthly father, based upon abuse, based upon um, something that we did not have in an earthly father, if there's any hindrance that's stopping us from seeing you as the perfect father, I just command that hindrance to dissolve right now. Father, I ask that you would speak to every heart in this room. Reveal yourself as Father in a whole new way. Father, I just ask that this isn't a stopping point, but an ongoing understanding for every single one of us. Father, may this not just be knowledge, but transformational in all of our lives. 
for the sole fact and the sole purpose of us reflecting you here on earth. Amen. I'm going to invite um, our prayer team to come forward. If I could have uh, Diane and Agnes, if you would join me up front, and Deborah and Pastor Ryan. Um, we will go ahead and dismiss. If that is your heart, though, that you need someone to agree with you, you don't want to leave this place without um, someone praying with you or just giving you a hug, we're going to invite you to do that at this time. Um, thank you, Pastor Ryan. I really believe that that has touched very deep places of our hearts this morning. And God doesn't do that to just pick scabs and let us bleed. He does that to bring healing and true freedom, right? So um, feel free to stay. Feel free to come forward. Um, we do need to have children picked up by 1130 in the nursery, but we're going we're gonna to just dedicate the next 15 minutes or so to just stay in this place, receive something that fills the very deepest part of our needs. Father God, thank you that you break us with your love. It's a good breaking to bring healing. And I thank you, Lord, that we are orphans no more, that we enter into daughtership, into sonship, that we find our home, our place of belonging, acceptance and approval from you and you alone. And then everything else lines up. So we just thank you for this word of truth that brings freedom in the name of Jesus.